0: greetings in the name of Christ, it is uh, mother's day today in lockdown, and so I wish to uh, wish you a happy Mother's day and pray that if you are a mom that God would uh, give you good thoughts um, you know, good memories and just to think about how good God has been to you as a mother and how He has been good to you as a um, as a parent and how he's been good to your children. And thank God just for his goodness, because we we have to celebrate his goodness. And so uh, even though we are in lockdown, uh, happy Mother's Day. And it is a, a good day then to begin uh, together studying the book of Amos. And so the prophet Amos in the Old Testament, <coughs> I think you have um, Hosea, Joel, Amos. And then just after that is Jonah, Ob- Obadiah and then Jonah. So that's where we will be, and this we will do next uh, Sunday and the following Sundays, Lord willing, for as long as we are in lockdown. If the Lord wills and we go back to church before we get through the book of Amos, we will go back to 1 Corinthians at church. And so I hope that you're reading that and studying that. And uh, may the Lord then bless us and be good to us, and this isn't going to be someone-like teaching through the book of Amos uh, or preaching. And I will explain that in a separate um, note that I'm going to send out to to you all. But we're in Amos and we see that the, the key word in the book of Amos is the word judgment. And the verse uh, that we find this in is in chapter 4 verse 12 therefore thus i will do to you o israel because i will do this to you prepare to meet your god o israel so this is god uh, then talking to israel the person amos is the the writer and there's very little dispute as to whether he was the writer or not and what's interesting about Amos is that he's a generation after Elijah and Elisha. And probably the first of the prophets to write prophecies before this, prophets didn't write. Or you can say Moses was a prophet who wrote. But uh, this is the, the beginning of the write, the era of writing prophets because his contemporaries Isaiah and, and all these other prophets were, were writers. And so this is the, the most powerful um, thing that God could do leaving us written prophecy behind. Now, if you just think of Elijah, he never wrote anything, and we only read about him in Kings. Imagine if Elijah had written his prophecies. I think that would have been powerful, uh, you know, that literature left behind. But here God is is going to leave us the most powerful um, literary tool uh, that the world could have, the, the writings of his words. And what's also interesting is that after Elijah... People would be wondering, where is the next prophet going to come from? Is God done with us? Is he going to speak any longer? And so here we see God then raising people like Amos to write prophecies for us. And so you will see that his name then depicts this. Because his name means burden or burden bearer. He was a shepherd and a dresser of sycamore trees. His home was at Tekoa. Which is uh, south of Jerusalem, and the time he prophesied in is in the time of Uzziah and Jeroboam the second, around 780 BC to 740 BC, and this we see in Second Kings chapter 14, uh, chapter 15, and then Second Chronicles chapter 26. Or let me give you the exact references: it would be Second Second Kings chapter 14. Verse twenty three to verse twenty seven, and then chapter fifteen, verse one to verse seven of of Second Kings, and then Second Chronicles, chapter twenty six, verse one to verse twenty three. The occasion <coughs> Amos went to cities of northern of the northern kingdom to sell his wool after observing, uh, you know, the conditions there uh, that he was commanded by God. He said that he was commanded by God to speak to the people. And this we see in chapter 7, verse 14 and verse 15. Then Amos replied to Amaziah, I am not a prophet, nor am I the son of a prophet, for I am a a and a grower of sycamore figs. But the Lord took me from following the flock, and the Lord said to me, God prophesy to my people, Israel, so he says that he was commanded by God, and the book of Amos then is made up of a series of discourses or sermons which Amos delivered, and the theme was repentance and judgment in chapter one and chapter two, we see the judgment of various nations the the judgment. That he talks about here. And this punishment passes without pausing from one generation or from one nation rather to another. And uh, it, is, it is always approaching closer to Israel. And finally, Amos shows the fullest woes will come upon Israel. So you see, God is gracious to Israel. He's showing them that he's judging the nations. And they have to be looking at this. and And God is saying, this will come to you. Israel and that this we see in chapter 1 and chapter 2 and we we will Lord willing study this in a bit more detail in the coming weeks but just want us to map the way through the book and then see the outline and the themes and then in chapter 3 chapter 3 to chapter 6 so all those chapters we see three discourses to Israel in chapter 3 We see the first discourse. In verses 1 to verse 8, the fact that they were chosen, Israel, from Egypt, aggravated their guilt rather than um, made it less. So God is saying to them, like we saw in Hebrews, if you receive greater revelation, then the responsibility and judgment becomes greater for not responding accordingly. And then in verses 9 to verse 15, we see the coming judgment. A mere fragment of nation shall be left as compared to uh, with that which a, a shepherd saves from a lion. And this we see in uh, verse 12 uh, of uh, chapter 3. Thus says the Lord, just as a shepherd snatches from the lion's mouth, a couple of leg, couple of legs or a piece of an ear, so will the sons of Israel dwelling in Samaria be snatched away with the corner of a bed and the cover of a couch. So this is the first discourse. And then the second discourse in chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 5, we see uh, their sinful condition. And then in verse 1, comparing that with uh, what is contained there, the oppression of the poor and needy. And this is something that should be should be applicable to us today, that God takes no delight and it's not a small matter to oppress the poor and the needy. Oppressing the poor and the needy just shows how, how sinful people are, can be. We see today even in, in, in people who are tasked with giving away food parcels to the poor, taking the food away from the poor, not giving the food that the poor should eat, the needy. And God is going to judge people like that. And then we see verse 2 compared with verse 4, the idolatry at Bethel and Gilgal. And then in verses 6 to verse 13, we see the chastisements which have already come and their refusal to to return to the Lord. People people think that people do not want to, people, or people think rather that God is not making people tend to him. But the reality we see in the Bible is people refuse to return to the Lord. Even when they hear of pending judgments, even when they hear of chastisements, and the Lord giving them second chances, third chances, fourth, tenth chance, ten chances, they still do refuse to return to the Lord. And then in verse 12, then compare that with verse 1, we see then that they must prepare to meet their God. And then chapter 5 and 6, we see the third discourse. In verse 1 to verse 3 of chapter 5, we see um, Amos' lamentation um, over the fall of Israel. And then in verse 4 to verse 15, he says, seek the Lord and live. And then in verse 10 and t- ten to 12, they hate those who rebuke evil because they are evil. <laughs> Is that not true today? People who hate people who rebuke evil. And oftentimes when people take issue with sermons that rebuke or teachings that rebuke, that call out sin, And they they say that that is harsh. Usually it is because they themselves are evil and do not want evil people rebuked. And they cover themselves by saying we should not rebuke evil. And then in verse 13 to verse 15, God says that if they were to repent, because remember in, in verse 1 to verse 3, there's lamentation. And then verse 4 to 15, Amos says, seek the Lord and leave. And then in verse 13 to verse 15, then he tells them what repentance must look like. Their repentance must be genuine, spiritual, and deep, and God will accept it. And then in verse 16 to verse 20 of chapter 5, they will wait because of the day, or they will wail because of the day of the Lord. And this theme of the day of the Lord is also an interesting and important theme in this book. But We'll see what it means and um, how it brings with it interpretive challenging things. And then verse 21 to verse 27, um, Amos announces captivity. And, And God's people were always warned of this captivity. They never took it seriously. Some did, some didn't. And then in chapter 6, verse 1 to verse 14, we see the threatened punishment. In verse 1 to verse 6, more specifically, the war to them that are at ease. And then again, captivity is announced in verse 7 to verse 17. And then when we skip over then to chapters 7 through 9, we see the five visions of prophet Amos. The five visions. In verse 1 to verse 3 of chapter 7, the, the locust devouring the land and then in verse four to verse six, the all-devouring fire. And then verse seven to verse nine, we see the, the plumb line measuring wall to cast it down. The, the, these three visions are, are fulfilled in three successive invasions of the land. And this is this you have to see. And I'm going to give you the scripture references, which you know to jot down and then to go and read. See these three. Uh, successive invasions of the land to see these three visions fulfilled: the locust devouring the land, the all devouring fire, and <coughs> uh, the measuring wall um, to cast it down. We see by by pool the king of Assyria, firstly in Second Kings chapter fifteen, verse nineteen to verse twenty-one. Second, we see the uh, by Tiglath-Pileser. Of Assyria, who took possession of uh, the east and north northern territory of Israel, and carried many into captivity, in Second Kings chapter fifteen, verse twenty-nine, and chapter sixteen. And then we sh- we see Shalmaneser who put an end to the ten tribes and removed people from Assyria in Second Kings chapter seventeen. And then in verse ten to verse seventeen of chapter seven in Amos we see Amaziah the priest who advises Amos to go home but Amos refuses and then pronounces doom upon the priest and his family <coughs> and then in chapter 8 we we see this uh you know interesting this part of this you know vision of the of the prophet uh probably one of the most favorite uh visions how beautiful this section is for many people. The basket of summer fruit in chapter 8. In verse 1 to verse 3, we see the the nations ripe for judgment. The cup of iniquity was full. And then in verse 4 to verse 14, God states his case against them and then he pronounces doom. And then in chapter 9, we see the Lord standing upon the altar commanding in verse 1 to verse 10, people buried under ruins of their false religion, the kingdom destroyed, but the remnant will be saved. And then in verse 11 and verse 12, um, we see the promise of raising up and glorifying the, the, the tent of the house of David. And then in verse 13 to verse 15, we see the uh, prosperity which will follow after this. And so this is going to be the map then that we're going to follow in the studying of the book of Amos. So let me close for us in prayer and ask that the Lord would would help us. Lord, we do thank you that you are our God and that, Lord, you you command us to, to seek you. And when we have sought you, Lord, we find you. We thank you that you initiated this by sending your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and and used his his prophets, his apostles and, and preachers, Lord, to, to warn us of the coming judgment. And we thank you that we have responded to this because your spirit has convicted us, giving us, Lord, the, uh, the grace to see and opened our eyes, Lord, to, to believe these things that the world is mocking. Lord, even during this lockdown, we can see how uh, opportunistic people, Lord, are, are taking jabs at the church. And Lord, even using this as an, as a, as an inla- illustration, an example, to to show how needless we are in society and people saying that Christians are not needed because our Lord Jesus is not helping during this time. And Lord, we pray that you help us to to remain steadfast, and Lord, to to know that You do exist and You are You are real, Lord. All we are doing is complying with what the government is asking us to do. Yet, Lord, that is used against us to mock us, to ridicule us, to 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 look down upon You, our Lord. Lord, we grieve at these things. We we also grieve at, at the evil that we see in society. How even in the midst of a pandemic, rampant corruption. Lord still exists. How people are oppressing the poor the needy. Oh Lord, help us in our hearts to fear dearly and to Lord um, not find ourselves on the on your wrong side. Because Lord, after this pandemic there can only be two sides, those who will come out, Lord, doing your will on your side, and those who will come out against you. Help us to always be with you because you are for us in Christ's name. I mean...